Let me wish all of you a wonderful Thanksgiving, a happy Thanksgiving. Hope that, again, you have a great week and are able to spend time with family and enjoy yourself and have a few days to relax. This morning we're going to be in Genesis chapter 15, looking at one verse of Scripture, talking about the most important question of all. Now, as we read this verse, uh, in just a few moments you'll find out that it doesn't ask a question but it poses a question that we need to ask and we need to answer. If I were to ask this morning by way of introduction, what do you suppose or what do you imagine is the most important question that anyone could ask? Some perhaps would ask the question, how can we alleviate or eradicate poverty? Others may ask, how can we achieve world peace? And still others may ask, how can we eradicate disease and some may want to come up with a solution for ending abortion and ending the problems of our world. These are important questions. These are great questions that we need to ask and I would hope and pray that in our lifetime we could see these questions answered. But as important as these questions are, they pale in significance against the most important question of all. How can I be made right with God? Job said it this way in Job 9 verse 2. It says, I know all this is true in principle, but how can a person be declared innocent in God's sight? Think about that question with me for a few moments. The Bible declares plainly, clearly, that we are sinners. It tells us that we are not righteous, and the Bible also tells us that God is holy, and God is just, and God is righteous. Romans 5.12 says, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. No matter who you are, young or old, we are coming into this world with a sinful nature, and we sin against God because we are sinners. Drinking alcohol, doing drugs, living a homosexual lifestyle does not, let me say this the right way, does not make us sinners. We are sinners because we have a sinful nature and that's why we do those things. You understand? We sin because we're sinners. And the Bible tells us that God's going to judge sin. Ezekiel 18.4 and Ezekiel 18.20, you can just write those down, tells us that the soul that sins, it shall die. Romans 3 and 10 will let us know that there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23 says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all miss the mark. We all fall below God's standards. We are sinners and we are unrighteous people. And the Bible plainly tells us that every one of us will have to stand before God and give an account for our lives. Every person in this world is lost and they'll have to give an account to God one day. So we're faced with the terrifying question, can a person be right before God. Can you be right before God? Can I stand before God and be acquitted and declared guilty of my sin when God is so holy and God is so righteous? You see, the question implies a problem. It implies that we are in a dilemma. 
with all of our guilt before a holy God, with our soul stained with sin, is there any way for us to be considered righteous before God? Is there any way that we can be acquitted and be freed from our deserved punishment? The reality is all of us deserve judgment. All of us deserve to go to hell because God is holy and God demands perfection. And so can anybody be right before God? Well, I've got good news. That's where the gospel comes in. And that's what makes the gospel so great. Genesis 15, 6 shows us how good the gospel is. In fact, this could be one of the most important verses in the Bible because it points to Jesus and what He will do for us when we put our faith in Him. Look at Genesis 15, 6. Abram believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. One of the most important verses in the Bible. In fact, this verse is so important that Paul quotes it twice and James quotes it once. You'll find it in Romans 4.3, Galatians 3.6, and James 2.23. That's how big this verse is. It teaches us how to be right with God. It teaches us how to be saved. It tells us how you and I as unrighteous people can go to heaven and be in right relationship with God. So to answer the most important question of all, can a person be right with God? The answer is yes. But let me say before we get into the message, and I don't want to get too far of myself, it doesn't depend on anything you do or I do. And that may rub some the wrong way this morning. But it's not dependent on us. I heard someone explain it this way, that God does the forgiving, we do the sinning. It's based on Him and Him alone. So this morning, I want us to look at what it means to be right with God and how we achieve this righteousness. But I have to reiterate again, point number one is that no one is righteous. I have to make that clear to you that nobody is righteous because we live in a world where people think that I'm inherently good, you're inherently good, that there's somehow something good about us, but the Bible tells us there is nothing good about us. Theologians call it total depravity. Now that doesn't mean we're as bad as we could be, but it means there's nothing in us that makes us right and acceptable to God. We're hostile to God. We're enemies of God. There is no one righteous. No one can claim holiness. No one can claim to be without fault and be without sin when they stand before God. You see, we may have this picture of Abraham as being the father of the faithful and being this great patriarch, this great man of faith, but the reality is Abraham wasn't that great of a man when you begin to look at his record. Think about some things that we've looked at over the past several weeks. In Genesis 12... There's a famine comes in the land and Abram travels down to Egypt. And on his way to Egypt, he tells his wife, when we get there, the Egyptians are going to see you and because you're a fair lady, you're a beautiful lady, they're going to want to take you as their wife. And so I want you to lie and say that you're my sister so that I'll be protected. Abraham didn't have much faith in God's protection. He lied to Pharaoh and that created all kinds of controversy and all kinds of trouble for him. In Genesis 17, God tells Abraham, who is now 99 years old, that his wife Sarah is going to have a son. And look at what it says in Genesis 17, 17. Abraham bowed to the ground, but he laughed to himself 
in disbelief. How can I become a father at the age of 100, he thought. And how can Sarah have a baby when she is 90 years old? Did you see it? God says, you're going to have a son. I'm going to fulfill my promise to you. And it says he fell on his face and laughed at what God said. Again, he didn't have that much of a great faith in God, did he? Genesis 20. They're on their way to Gerar. And on their way, Abraham begins to fall back in his old pattern of living. He tells Sarah, when we get there, they're going to think you're beautiful. You need to tell them you're my sister. You read all of God's people in the Bible that God declared righteous and God declared saved and I believe we're going to meet them in heaven. They've got a track record of disobedience. They've got a track record that tells you they're not really that good of a people. We put them on pedestals and we exalt them as being these great men and women. But David, a man after God's own heart, committed adultery and had Uriah killed. Moses got angry. He, he, he got left out of the promised land because he got angry and struck the rock when God said, speak to it. He had a problem. Moses murdered a man. Peter denied Jesus three times. All of these people weren't really that righteous. But again, we think that we have some kind of righteousness to bring before God. And Isaiah the prophet says, our righteousness is a filthy rags. That even on your best day, what we do is tainted by sin. That's who we are. But we live as though I'm a good person, preacher. Well, the Bible says you're not a good person. And we have to understand that. We, we, we have to see that nobody is righteous. Abraham messed up a lot. Abraham had failed God. Abraham had disobeyed God. So he wasn't that righteous and neither are we. And here's the thing, I'm not talking about the worst of us. I'm talking about the best of us. The one who comes to church every time the doors are open, who puts money in the offering plate every time it's passed, the one who reads their Bible daily, the one who prays, the one who gives the special offerings. I'm, I'm talking about the best of the best. If the truth would be known, we're not all that righteous. We've all failed God. And I'm not talking about before your salvation. Even after. We still fail God. Well, preacher, that's not me. Listen, there is nobody here today that can say they've never sinned against God either before salvation or after salvation. You can't. If you do, here's what the Bible says, 1 John 1, 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. John would go on to tell us that if we claim to not have any sin, we're, we're liars. And that's... Pre-salvation and post-salvation. You can't say that you're right and never do anything wrong. Because James would tell us in chapter 4 that if you know to do good, don't do it. It's sin. Paul says that whatever we do that's not of faith, it's sin. In other words, if you do something without a clear conscience on it, it's sin. And let's not even get into our thought lives. Things that we may not carry out, but we think. We're not that good of a people. But yet if you ask most people in America or even in churches today, here's what they're going to tell you. Here's what church people will tell you. I've got to believe in Jesus, but then I need to do X, 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 and X. That's not what the Bible says. 
The Bible says you believe in Jesus and Jesus alone. Period. I had heard someone say this one time. It's, it's something you may want to write down. Jesus plus anything equals nothing. Jesus plus anything equals nothing. If you're trying to add anything to Jesus and what he did, you're missing it. It's Jesus alone. We need his righteousness because we aren't righteous. If, if the standard is perfection, then none of us can meet that standard. And the thing is, when Jesus came along, He elevated the standard. You see, we, we talk about committing adultery as actually going out and committing the act. But Jesus said, if you look with lust, you've already committed adultery in your heart. And I know eyebrows are raising today, and, and some of you may have questions, but here's the thing. You're not good. I'm not good. Hey, listen, if I was good, Jesus didn't have to die. If you were good, he wouldn't have had to go to a cross. If they could have kept the law in the Old Testament, Jesus would have never had to come. A Redeemer would not have had to come. But before the foundation of the world, Jesus was presented as a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Why? Because God knew we were sinful people who needed his grace and needed his mercy. In fact, Abraham, he's righteous here before the law ever shows up. But when you look at his life, he's not good. In fact, when God called him to leave Ur of the Chaldees, he was a pagan. He was an idolater. Here's what the Bible says about us. Romans chapter 3, verse 10 through 12. As the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. It's pretty plain, isn't it? Not a one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. You see, we have this concept in church today that I went seeking God and I found God. No, God came seeking you and He found you. Because no one is seeking God. Verse 12. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good. Not a single one. The bottom line Romans says here is that none of us are righteous. None of us are talking, totally walking the straight and narrow. None of us are doing everything right towards God. None of us will be saved because we're personally good or righteous. Just like Abraham, we aren't really that righteous. But that leads me to point number two. It's going to get a little bit better. I promise you. God counts us righteous by faith. You see, Abraham wasn't righteous enough to please God and earn himself a place in heaven. However, the Bible says something very important here. It says that God counted him as righteous. Abraham wasn't righteous, but when God saw his faith, when God saw his trust, when God saw his belief, God counted him as righteous. Now the word counted, it's very important here. It's a key to this understanding of the message. The Hebrew word translated count means to think, to account, or to credit. It means to count something as so, to act like it's so, even when it may not really be so. Abraham wasn't righteous, but God looked at him as righteous because of his faith. Abraham didn't change his conduct before God declared him righteous. He believed, and God counted him as righteous, even though he wasn't righteous. But let's walk through it. 
The only way he could be saved was for him to be counted as righteous when he really, really wasn't. And guess what? That's the only way that we can be saved too. Just like Abraham, we aren't righteous. I'll say it this way. If God put a straight ruler to your life and to mine and judged us based on our own righteousness, it would show that we're not straight at all. We're crooked and we fall short of the standard. You can't live up to the standard. I can't live up to the standard. But like Abraham, God can count us righteous and consider us righteous even when we aren't righteous because of our faith in Jesus. I know this is deeper doctrine this morning than, than we're normally familiar with, but that's what Romans 3 talks about. Being right with God. After saying that none is righteous, not even one, Romans 3.22 says this, We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Do you see it there? We're made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus. It's not dependent on how well you behave. It's not dependent on how good you can be. It's when you place your faith in Jesus that you are made right with God. Even with your sin, even with your struggle, with your faults, with your failures, when you put your faith in Jesus, God says you are righteous. And nothing's changed about you yet other than you believed in Jesus. Now let me answer the question because some of you is wanting to ask it. Well, preacher, does that mean I can live any way I want to? Absolutely not. But here's the thing. Before you ever change anything, if you believe in Jesus, God counts you as righteous. And then a result of righteousness is that you start living right. You don't start living right first to get right with God. You believe in Jesus and Jesus alone. God declares you righteous. The righteousness of Jesus is imputed and accounted to you. And then He changes your life, gives you the divine nature. The Spirit of God comes to live in you. And then you start living right. You see, you didn't get saved because you stopped your drinking, your fornicating, and your drug use. You got saved because you believed in Jesus. You see, you can stop all those things that you used to do and still be lost and on your way to hell. And I'm afraid there's people who sit in church pews every week. They've stopped their drinking, they've stopped their fornicating, they've stopped all the running around, and they're lost because they think that's what makes them saved. It doesn't. You believed in Jesus is what makes you saved. You believe in Jesus is what gets you to heaven. Oh, I, 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 I know this goes against everything we've heard because we've been taught believe in Jesus and then cross the, dot the I's and cross the T's. You've got to start by faith in Jesus. And then you start, as the Spirit of God works in you, then you start changing how you believe. But here's the thing. There's going to be people who struggle with sin until they get to heaven. There's not a person in here who can raise their hand and say they hadn't struggled with sin since they've been saved. You know, Paul, or the writer of Hebrews, talks about laying aside the besetting sin. You see, some things when you got saved, God did a work in your life so great and so transformative that things you used to do just completely stopped. You may have used to cuss like a sailor, but when God got a hold of you and you became righteous in His sight, all of a sudden you didn't cuss no more. But there's still some things you struggle with, and you may struggle with it until you get to heaven. There may be addicts and alcoholics who struggle with that, that, that stronghold in their life until they get to heaven. But in God's sight, they're right because they believed in Jesus. 
And I know that goes against our normal theology because we're raised Pentecostal. We're, we're, we're raised to be holy. But here's the thing. Paul, Paul tells it, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You've you, you got to work it out. Let, let me say this. I'm getting ahead of myself. But here's the thing. When God declares you righteous, you can't be more righteous. You can be more holy. But you can't be more righteous. Because it's not your Righteousness. If it's, his, if, if, if it's Jesus' righteousness being credited to me, counted to me, how can I add anything to it? I can't. But in my day-to-day living, sanctification, yeah, I, I have a part to play in that. But guess what? My standing with God is right. That's my position. I'm right because of my faith. Now the practical day-to-day living, if we catch all of us on some bad days, you won't look that righteous. You catch me on the wrong day, I probably won't look that righteous to you. But guess what? In God's sight, because of my faith, God sees me as right. Because it's not me. But yet we've been taught that, hey, believe Jesus and I'll do X amount of things to keep it. Well, if you couldn't do anything to get, to get it to start with, what are you going to do to try to keep it if God gives it to you? I, I, I know some of you struggling to process all this because you haven't heard this your life. But here's the thing. When God declares you not guilty, in other words, if you're standing in a court of law in, in, in this world today and the evidence points against you and everything says you're the one that done it, if the judge declares you not guilty, guess what? You can't be tried for it again. You can't. If it works that way in this earthly courts, why, why do we think it acts any different in God's heavenly court? If God slams the gavel down and said, Jesus paid the price and Jesus took the punishment and you believe in what Jesus did and God slams the gavel down, not guilty, then guess what? You're not guilty. Well, preacher, I still struggle with sin. God says you're not guilty. Let me say it this way. I don't think anybody here today believes that we're saved because we stop sinning. You're not saved because you stop doing bad stuff. You're saved because you believe in Jesus. When you put your trust in Jesus as your Savior, God credits you with His righteousness. You aren't righteous but He counts you as righteous because you believe. How many believe Jesus was perfect? Let me see your hand. Let me ask you, do you want to get in heaven based on what Jesus did or what you can do? I want to get in because of what Jesus did. And when I put my faith in Him, here's what God says. Okay, so God accepts what his, Jesus did. God accepts His sacrifice. And now says, when you put your faith in Jesus, God takes what Jesus did and puts it on your account. It's as though somebody paid your debt. In other words, if you were to have a credit card bill show up, you couldn't pay it, and somebody comes along and says, put that on my account. It's the same thing that God does with our sin. He put it all on Jesus, and now when we believe in that work, God takes His righteousness, His perfection, and puts it on our account and says, paid in full. And guess what? It's not just for things we've done in the past. Again, listen, it's not sins that Jesus died for. He died for sin. Not sins. He died for sin. That nature we have that rebels against God. Jesus died for that. Not sins. 
not alcoholism and drug addiction and homosexuality. Jesus didn't die for that. He died for sin. That's just the fruit of sin. And you can see this throughout the Bible. One good example was when Jesus hung on the cross. There was a thief next to him that was guilty, could never go to church, could never pay tithes, could never do anything. And he said, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. And Jesus said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. What did he do? He simply believed. You see, that's what it all comes down to. He counts us as righteous when we believe. That's the key. It happens through faith. Abraham was counted righteous even though he wasn't righteous when he believed the Lord. I like how the New Living Translation and some other translations do it this way. It says he believed the Lord. Now some say he believed in the Lord. But how many know there's a difference between believing the Lord and believing in the Lord? Demons believe in God and they tremble. It's more than just saying God exists. You have to believe Him. Take Him at His word. And that's what Abraham did. He believed the promise of God and God counted him righteous. See, Abraham didn't do anything to make himself righteous before God. It wasn't after he fought the battle and rescued Lot. It wasn't after he gave tithe to Melchizedek that God said Abraham was righteous. It wasn't after he was willing to sacrifice his beloved son Isaac on the altar that God said Abraham was righteous. God counted Abraham righteous when he believed his promise. That was it. It was faith that caused Abraham to be considered as righteous. Abraham wasn't saved by his good works, but by faith in God. Now let's look at Romans 4, verse 1 through 5, and it'll it'll walk us through this thing with Abraham. It says, Abraham was, humanly speaking, the founder of our Jewish nation. What did he discover about being made right with God? Paul asked the question. Now he's going to begin to answer it. If his good deeds had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about, but that was not God's way. Let me ask you this. If, If your getting into heaven is based on what you do, Who's going to get glory for that? If it depends on me, won't I have something to boast about when I get there? And Ephesians 2 tells us that it's a gift of God, not of work, so that no man can boast. So if it's His righteousness and not mine, and I can't add anything to it, then guess what? I just have to trust Him. Because if it, was, if it was me being saved because of faith and now I've got to do all these things to make sure I'm saved, well then, then God don't get glory for that. Think about it. If he, if, he, if he says we're not going to be able to boast and He saves me by faith and by His grace and by His compassion and by His mercy, but now I have to do something to hold on to it, then it can't be of God. It's of me. And I have reason to boast. And the Bible says we have no reason to boast. When you get to heaven, you're not going to talk about how much you prayed, and how much you read your Bible, how much money you gave. When you get to heaven, you're going to brag on Jesus. Is this making sense to you? It's not our righteousness. It's His righteousness imputed to us when we believe. We don't work for it. We don't try to earn it. We don't try to be better people. We believe in Jesus. And again, I'm not giving a license to sin. When you are made right, declared right, then sanctification starts in your life. It's a result of being right with God. 
But there's some people who are doing better. Let me just say this. Being saved is not behavioral modification. It's not being reformed in your behavior. There's a lot of good people out there who don't do the things that we call sin. But they're still not going to heaven. They've never beat anybody. They've never killed anybody. They've never taken a drink. They've never smoked. They've never done anything. But they're still lost and on the way to hell because they haven't believed in Jesus. That's what I want us to understand and make so clear to you today. You're saved because you believe in Jesus. You don't add anything to it. You bring your sin to Him and He gives you salvation. If you understood what I was saying, you'd want to rejoice. You couldn't contain yourself. You you would be more thankful and fall more in love with Him when you understand that it's what He did and not what... Because let me say, here's why some of you struggle with your assurance. Because on bad days, you think you lost it. And on good days, well, I read my Bible today, I prayed today, I went to church today, and so you think you're in good standing with God based on what... You did. And God's looking and wanting to see if the blood of Jesus has been applied to your life. Listen, I've lived through it. On days when I got everything right, God must be proud of me today. That's how we act. Button up a coat. God must be pleased with me today. I earned another brownie point with God. And God's looking like, that don't mean anything. You can't get more right with God because of what you do. I really want you to understand that. You don't earn this. It is a gift from God that you receive by faith. Look at verse 2. If his good deeds made him acceptable to God, he would have something to boast about, but that was not God's way. I've got to move on. Verse 3. Scripture tells us, Abram believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Notice verse 4. When people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they've earned. We all understand that. When you put in a hard day's work, you want to get paid for it. Well, listen, if you, if you work for it, it's not a gift. That's what it says. Verse 5. But people are counted as righteous not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. We're all sinners. And it says right there plainly, we're put in a right relationship with God because of our faith in God. Not because you work. That's why some people struggle to rest in Christ because you're too busy trying to work for what He's already given you. Here's the thing. If you are declared righteous in God's sight and you're made right with God, Fruit will be evident. It will come, but you don't have to work for it. It it will happen as God works in your life by His Spirit and by His Word. But you've got to start with getting right first. I I, I am convinced that there are people who, who, who sit on church pews every week that's not right with God. And they think they are. And they're basing it on, I go to church, I read my Bible, I pray, I help the poor, I, I do all of these things. And they think they're on the way to heaven. And reality... They've never been made right with God because of simply believing in Jesus and what He did. 
Matthew 7 tells us, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. And they're going to say, we've prophesied. We've cast out devils. Sounds like Pentecostal people, doesn't it? We've done all of these miraculous things and Jesus is going to say, I never knew you. What a shame to think that we could sit on church pews week after week and hear the Word of God preached, think we're okay, and in reality not be okay. Let me just say this to you. Your performance will give you false hope. Your good behavior can give you false hope if your faith isn't rooted in Jesus. But here's the thing. But because, I'll just use myself, because I believed in Jesus, I know that I know that I'm saved and on my way to heaven. I'm not waiting on a feeling. I'm not waiting to see how well I do from day to day. I believed in Jesus that He died and rose again. He took my sin and I put my hope in that. I, 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 I lean on that. And as a result of that, my life's been changed. But it all starts with faith in Jesus. And the reason many churches don't see more salvations, well, we don't witness but we don't have a firm grasp of what it means to be saved. That's why probably in the first of the year sometime, I'm going to take some time to deal with salvation, what it means to be saved. You know, Paul would tell us that if you believe in your heart and confess Him as Lord, you are saved. That's not say about doing anything else. It starts with faith in Jesus. Let me move on. Romans 5.1 Therefore, since we have been made right, therefore, or justified in God's sight, what does it say? By faith. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Do you notice that? We, we were made right with God because of faith. And we have peace with God. Why? Because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. You don't have peace with God because of what you do. Jesus did it. So how are we justified? How do we have peace with God? Paul says it's by faith in Jesus Christ. Again, we aren't made righteous by our good works, but we're counted righteous the second we put our faith in Jesus. You don't work for it. You don't earn it. We aren't considered righteous because of our performance and our behavior. We have the righteousness of Jesus by faith. And when God counts us as righteous based on Jesus' work, not our own, we can never be more righteous in God's sight. I want you to understand that you can't be more righteous in God's sight. You can't add anything to it. Again, as I've already said, you can be more holy. That holiness, that sanctification will determine how close you get to God. Your relationship with Him, your fellowship with Him, your sanctification and your behavior determines the intimacy. But your standing is the right. See, the reality is I've got three kids and they're always going to be my kids. But how many know if they go out and begin to live worldly lives and do things of that nature, it's going to put a strain on the fellowship and intimacy we have. But I don't throw them away and say they're not my kids. They're still mine. They're blood. And when the blood of Jesus has been applied to you, God looks at you through the blood of Jesus and says, they're mine. Right now, there may be in a in a backslid state. Right now, they might be in a state of sin. They might be in the pig pen where they ought not to be. But God looks and says, they're right. Because of faith in Jesus. And we have a problem with that. Because we look at people's lives and we want to judge based on how people look. 
But you don't know what God's doing inside of a person. The reality is I can't tell anybody here that you're saved. I can't tell you that. But if you've been made right with God, you'll have assurance in the agreement of the Spirit of God in you, and you'll know. But I can't confirm that for you. I can say that if you believed in Jesus, trusted Him, leaned on Him, according to the Bible, the Bible says you are saved. I can't give you assurance. I can't give you false hope. I've said it several weeks ago. If we really understood how good God was and how gracious God was in extending salvation to us, to people who don't deserve it, simply based on their faith, if you've got a child or a grandchild that's at one time trusted in Jesus, listen, they've been declared right in God's sight. And right now they might not be living right, but because they believed in Jesus, they've been declared right. That ought to give you some hope. That ought to give you some assurance that God's going to work in their life and bring them back. That's what God does. We don't add anything to our right standing with God. Listen to what I'm about to say. If you feel that you still have to do something more or feel something more or rid yourself of some sin before you can be right with God, you don't understand justification by faith alone. And because we're a church of God, because we're Pentecostal, because we believe in holiness and, and right living, Many times we've looked at our lives and that's how we judge whether or not we're going to heaven. And according to God's Word, that's not how you judge whether or not you're going to heaven. You judge how, whether or not you're going to heaven whether or not you believed in Jesus and trusted in Him. You put your whole weight on Jesus I've used the illustration before, but the fact is, I just rest in Him. Just like this seat is holding my weight, keeping me up, Jesus holds me up, and He keeps me. Listen, I don't have to do anything just to sit here and rest. I just have to sit. You know, the Bible says that we've been seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus as though you were already there. Why? Because of what you did? No, because you believed. Put my feet up and it, it, it just holds me. And some of you have worn yourself out trying to be a Christian because you're trying to hold yourself up. Rather than resting in Jesus. The moment you place your faith in Jesus, God credits to your account the very righteousness of His Son. And so I ask you again, do you want your righteousness to get you in or His righteousness? I want His righteousness. How do I receive that? By faith. Faith is simply the hand that receives the free gift of God in Christ. It depends all on Him and not anything to do with you or me. I want to close this morning and, 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 and maybe answer a question or two by saying, some of you are probably thinking, Pastor, this isn't right. You may be here this morning, you're thinking that, hey, that through this system of credited righteousness, people don't really get what they deserve. There's going to be a lot of people in heaven who don't really deserve to be there. Guess what? 
That's what makes the gospel so good. Everybody, everybody who goes to heaven don't deserve to be there. If it was all dependent on who deserved to be there, none of us would make it. Do you understand that? None, none of us would make it. If it was all based up on us, none of us would make it. But because God wanted a people, He sent a Son who laid down His life so that when we simply put our trust in Him, we could become His people and spend eternity with Him. And that ought to bless your soul today. All of us deserve to go to hell. And the fact that God called you and chose you and found you lets you know how much He loves you. Because He could just let you be lost. He could just let me be lost. But when I look to Jesus in faith, God said, He's mine. And if I'm His, according to Jesus in John 10, He gives us eternal life. Eternal life is forever. It's not temporary. I belong to Him. I'm one of His children. I'm one of His sheep. And there's nothing that can take me from His hand. Why? Because of what I do. Is that why I'm still in His hand? No, because I believed in Jesus. He gives me eternal life. Again, I, I, I know this goes over many of our heads when it comes to thinking about all this because we've not heard this. Please don't misunderstand. I, I, I'm not giving anybody a license to see. Let me, let me say this. If you think that I can be right with God, live like I want to, you don't know God. You've never been made right. Because when you get right with Him and the Spirit of God comes to live in you, you, you don't want to go out and do the things you used to do. So please don't think I'm saying that, hey, I can be right with God and I'll go do what I want to. That, that's not what I'm saying. But here's the thing along the way. There's going to be times you do things that you want to do that God don't want you to do. But guess what? Because of faith in Jesus, you're still right. You've heard me say this often, and I'm trying to close. But here's the thing. Do you really think you've gotten this far in your Christian walk because of how good you've been? There's, again, if we say we have no sin, we're liars. The truth doesn't abide in us. And we deceive ourselves. It's not your goodness, it's His grace. Listen to this. Christianity is not good people go to heaven. Christianity is bad people who don't deserve it go to heaven because they put their faith in Jesus. We think good people go... In fact, if you were to ask the average person on the street, what does it take to go to heaven? Here's what you're going to get be a good person. Listen, you can empty out your bank account trying to be a good person by blessing people who are poor. That's not going to give you any confidence when you stand before God. If you stand before God on the day of judgment, He says, why, if He were to ask you, why should I let you in heaven? And you would say, because I prayed and read my Bible and did all that, and, and it's not Jesus is your answer. You're not going through the gates. I'm sorry. If you think you have deserved to go to heaven, if you think that somehow by your, your own righteousness you've earned it, you're probably going to find out you're not going to make it. I 
And Paul talks about being the chief of sinners. I feel like that sometimes. I'm the chief of sinners. Listen, the gospel is good news. Jesus did it all. And when we believe, when we trust, we're counted righteous. You see, there's no room in real Christianity for a holier-than-thou attitude. If you're here today and you, you, you want to look down on people because of what they've done or what they do, you've got a holier-than-thou attitude because here's the reality. If you're here today and you say, I'm saved, preacher, I'm on my way to heaven, you had to admit that you were unrighteous and didn't deserve to go, but you had to, by faith, receive what Jesus did. You have to admit that. And if you can't admit that you were lost, if you can't admit that you're not a good person, then you may not make it. So this morning, I want you to rest in Jesus. I want you to trust completely in Him. And if you're here today, listen, I've, I've heard stories of deacons after hearing a true presentation of the gospel finally getting saved. I've heard stories of pastors who preach every week finally getting a hold of the gospel and what Jesus did and getting saved. And if you're here today and, 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 and your entire life, your entire Christian life, you've been looking at yourself and what you can do. Listen, I'm not here to try to cast doubt upon anybody's salvation and upon their soul, but if you're here today and you understand, hey, I, I've been trying to earn this thing. I've been trying to work for this. And the light bulb has went off, so to speak, in your head that, hey, it's not me, it's Jesus then today would be a good day to get everything settled with Him. Amen? We don't bring anything to Him. We bring our sin. And He gives us salvation when we trust. I want to ask you this, and we'll close. Do you believe that at this moment you are right with God entirely through what God has done for you in Christ Jesus? If not, you need to get it settled today. Today is the day to abandon your own works, your own effort, and trust fully and completely in Jesus Christ. It's Him and Him alone. Amen. Stand with me this morning.